This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 466 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Total Saddle Fit and Kentucky Performance Products. Tonight, Karen from Kentucky Performance Products joins us to talk about insulin resistance. And we are going to be starting a new series that takes riders through test patterns broken down into movement by movement. And of course, we have a great Total Saddle Fit tip of the week. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Reese. Hey, Phil. How are you today? I'm doing good. Doing good. Getting tired, you know? Getting, Riding a lot of yeah. horses. Having fun. <laughs> Standing in the sun. Now, now we're Standing in the out sun. of the arenas. We're now out of the arenas, out in the sun, <laughs> practicing tests, getting ready, all this great stuff. Yeah. No, I get it. Like, um, it's actually quite warm here. And, uh, my, you know, my group of horses now from Florida is relatively used to the heat. So everyone's like, oh, it's so hot. And I'm like, oh, this is still cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it's going to be in the 90s here this weekend. And, and our guys are pretty used to it. So it's just funny. It's all relative. I'm like, yeah, we, we, we've been training for this. Absolutely. So, yeah, so it's been good. It's We've also had a really good week. Um, you know, we have a show in June scheduled so which is good you know it's good to schedule horse shows in a way because it you know sometimes you get a little you you gotta get ready for something yeah i gotta get ready so uh timeline yeah i was kind of snapping up the i had one of my my students came today and um she owns actually she she's my sponsor on on follow me or with follow me so we were working on um She's a local judge, so she's great. And so when she comes, I'm like, okay, we're going to work on the test. So uh, we worked on the test today, and that was fun. So it was Mm -hmm. really good. So, um, But with that in mind, we've got a new series, uh, and and we'll talk about it a little bit uh, later in the show. But um, we hope it's going to help. It's going to really kind of break down. uh, Today we're working on training level test three and uh, really going to help break down the test for everybody. So we hope you enjoy that. And uh, we've done something similar with judges before. And, but I mean, you know, we just try and say the same thing in different ways and, and bring you ideas about, um, about test riding and, and, uh, how the tests are put together and all this great stuff. So, uh, we're going to have the first half of that segment of the test, uh, training level test three today, and then we'll bring you the second half next week. Exactly. So we hope you enjoy that. So we're going to go to a commercial break and then uh, get started with Karen Isberg from Kentucky Performance Products. Her life was falling apart around her, but when she saw his sweet face and heard the low knicker, the pain eased. She stood in the stall for some time, running a brush over his sleek coat, down his powerful muscles and over his tight, cool tendons. He cocked his back leg, waiting patiently. She scratched his favorite spot and was rewarded with a crinkled smile and outstretched neck. The stress flowed from her body, and she knew with him in her life, she would make it through. This love story is brought to you by Endure Extra. 
providing high-fat calories, direct-fed microbials, and natural vitamin E to support optimal condition and performance. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. Well, we are super excited to have Karen Isberg, president of Kentucky Performance Products, on for her monthly segment and our health segment. Karen, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. I always enjoy coming on the dressage show. We love having you. And we've got some really good stuff today because um, it's definitely that time of year where it is difficult to sort of manage some fatties, if at least in Kentucky, our grass is like up to their eyeballs. So we're talking about insulin resistance today, right? That's correct. Mm-hmm. Great. So start us off. Tell us what it is, and because we're—I mean, I deal with it. Philip deals with it. How do you? How do you handle it? Yeah, a lot, and it, it's a big problem in our population. You know, we have a growing population of older horses, and just you know the different ways that we manage our horses it seems to to crop up. Um, first, the first thing you need to understand is how a normal horse handles um, sugar and insulin. So there's there's two players in this. There's glucose or sugar, and glucose is actually the primary energy source for a horse's body. So it's very important that they get it. And then there's insulin, which is a hormone, and hormones basically um, control what happens in the body, in our body, in a horse's body. They're the signalers. They tell the body what to do. So what happens in, an, in a normal horse is they, they eat their feed and it goes down into their digestive tract and it's broken down into the different nutrients like glucose and amino acids and fatty acids, and vitamins and minerals. And then those nutrients are absorbed into the bloodstream. So as these nutrients are brought into the bloodstream, the body is monitoring the levels of nutrients in the bloodstream. And in the case of glucose, which again, like I said, is the primary energy source in the horse, as the levels of glucose go up in the blood, it signals the release of the hormone insulin. So insulin is released and insulin travels to the various different cells and it tells them, okay, it's time to absorb the, the glucose now. It's in the blood, you guys open up your doors and bring it in. So the cells scoop up the glucose out of the bloodstream and they use it to support the various functions within the cell. Now in an IR horse, everything works great until the insulin is released and the insulin runs to the cells and it goes, okay, you guys, it's time to, to take that insulin out of the blood. And the cells go, nah, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. They resist the message. That's why it's called insulin resistance. Um, and, and basically the glucose stays in the bloodstream. The problem is, is that essentially starves the horse of his energy source. So in response to that, the horse starts breaking down body fat and body muscle to use as an alternative energy source. Now, insulin resistance in horses increases over time. So your horse starts out slightly insulin resistant, and over time, he gets more and more insulin resistant until finally you can have insulin levels that are so high, constantly so high, and glucose levels that are constantly so high that it just fatigues the horse's whole system, and they shut down completely from producing insulin, which is a big problem because insulin not only has an impact on glucose, but it also helps in the conversion of fatty acids and glycerol to fat and the conversion of amino acids to proteins that build muscle. So you can see what's going on now. Your horse can't take those. He's unable to utilize those nutrients from the bloodstream. He's attacking his own body to, to get the energy that he needs. Hence the problem with these 
with these insulin resistant horses, you know, not being able to carry weight on their top line and having a lot of, uh, losing a lot of muscle tone and that type of thing. Um, so in, in what we're looking for in is, is a way to increase the insulin sensitivity in these cells. And that's what we've done with our insulin wise product. Ah, so, so how do you know on... when to, yeah, how do you know, like, when to feed, like, how do you know that you, a that there's a problem? That? Yeah, that there's yeah. a problem, or how do you know what to do? Well, you know, insulin resistance typically shows up in, in middle-aged horses. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, you'll have a genetically disposed breed, like if it's got pony in it or some of these warm bloods. And you can typically, you can see insulin resistant horses, they start putting fat in odd places. They'll get a crusty neck. They get fat pads behind their butt. Um, horses that are obese can, obesity can lead to insulin resistance. Um, age in general, those cells become less sensitive over time just because of age. Um, and also Cushing's disease, because of the high cortisol levels that you find in Cushing's disease, can cause um, decreased insulin sensitivity. So, you know, you look at kind of the, the, you look at your horse and you look for these different types of um, symptoms and, and then you, you, you watch them. So for a horse that is predisposed, if you've got a high performance horse, like you and I have, um, you want to, you may want to test them. You know, you may want to do um, an insulin, you may want to take insulin levels once a year or a couple of times a year and kind of watch the horse and make sure that you're not getting, um, that you're not seeing these symptoms in different tests. And you can talk to your veterinarian about the best way to monitor your horse. Mm-hmm. And when's the best time but, to test them? This time of year, it, later? It, it, well, with the, <laughs> with, with the PPID horses, the Cushing's horses, there's specific times where you can test them, but that's a different disease. So cushion yard horses can become insulin resistant, but mm-hmm. not all cushion yard horses do. And insulin resistant horses can become cushionoid, but not all insulin resistant horses are cushionoid. So there's a crossover there. There are different, there, there are actually two different diseases. So uh, uh, a, a cushion horse, yeah, a cushion horse has a tumor on their pituitary gland that impacts cortisol levels. And it's the cortisol levels that decrease the insulin sensitivity in the body or so that's the theory right now and you can't fix a pituitary tumor no you can't get you can it's in the brain you can't get to it so that and there is some confusion between ppid and insulin resistant horses yeah i was confused but the the ppid horses they tend to they tend to you know they have different symptoms they have immune suppression they grow those long curly hair coats they also you know put some fatty deposits in different places so there are some similar symptoms, but they can be tested. It depends on the time of year, um, how you test them and what you can use to test them. But your veterinarian, again, it would be your, I would go to, if you're at it, if you have any questions at all, I would go to your veterinarian and say, Hey, I'm concerned. What can we do? Sure. And they can help you figure that out. But our insulin wise product, this is really exciting. We just released it. It's a blend of polyphenols and amino acids that work together to increase the insulin sensitivity in the shell, in the cells so that they function more normally and they take in that circulating glucose. And we've got some really nice research. It's up on our website, um, kppvet.com. So if anybody's interested, they can go on the website and, and look at that and they can always call me.
if they have questions. What, yeah. about, what about other dietary changes and things that, that you can do as far as feed and turnout and, and other ideas as far as a horse that's um, well, identified as insulin in, resistant? Yeah, if you have an insulin yeah. resistant horse or if you have a horse that is predisposed to insulin resistance, the best thing to do is to feed them a low starch and sugar diet and to feed them as many times a day as you can. Because the, the, the theory is that when you feed them these high sugars and starch diets, which horses don't normally get, it causes these spikes of glucose, which causes the insulin to spike. And they think that that, that may be fatiguing the insulin response and causing it to become resistant. So overdoing it and then yeah. sugar diet, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. be careful of what hay you feed, you know, feed a more mature hay. If you can get it tested for sugar, all the better. If you don't know what your, what sugar is in your hay, you can soak it for 30 minutes in warm water. Um, that will take out a lot of the sugar, but it doesn't suck out as all the nutrients so that they're still getting some of the nutrients from the hay. Keep them off of grass or put them out only in a muzzle. Um, if the horse has had a laminitic attack, they, they shouldn't go out on grass at all anymore, mm-hmm. especially in the fall and the spring when you have those days that are warm and those nights that are cool and all the sugar stays in the leaves. That's, mm-hmm. that's like, it's like going out there and eating, you know. So what is the relationship between um, the, you know, high glucose levels and laminitis? Okay. Well, what, they don't know exactly. One of the yeah. theories now. I was just wondering if you is, got new information for us or, or something. Yeah, just to talk through it a little bit. Yeah. One of the theories with that is that because um, when the when these the cells resist the signal from the insulin and they stop taking up the source of energy, that actually those laminar cells don't have enough energy and they die. So you're actually starving them to death. That's that's one of the, the theories, one okay. of the theories that I read most recently, which, I yes. mean, it kind of makes sense when you think about it. And it's a very different kind of laminitis than you have when you have a horse that has overeaten a bunch of grain. And right. that's a toxicity issue. You know, that degrades the lining of the intestine and allows toxins to go into the blood. And then that causes inflammation in the foot. And there's, you, there's the reason where you have laminitis. So it's a very different disease. And, and the laminitis is very different. Um, you can actually have a horse that's insulin resistant, that's having a laminitic attack, and you don't necessarily know it. They can be subclinically lame, but they, that lamini can be dying and they can be, that bone can be moving and very, very slightly over time. And then it, it, it just gets worse and worse. And that's why they, they have abscesses from that in their feet. And also it impacts the immune system. So a lot of these IR horses and cushion horses too, they just, they're, they're more likely to be sick. You know, they'll, they'll get yeah. weird infections. This a, yeah. This is a very serious issue, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's not a good thing. And that's why I'm so excited about this product Yeah. because from the research that we did, um, I mean, we had horses that we had followed from 2013. So we had, we had their insulin, um, blood concentrations. They're taken after an oral sugar test. So they, you challenge the horse with an oral sugar test, and then you take blood samples over time and you watch how they respond. And these horses, of course, from 2013 to 2017, their test results got worse and worse and worse. And after six weeks on the, um, insulin wise, their insulin levels after an oral sugar test dropped down to at or below their 2013 levels. 
of insulin wow. concentration. Wow, wonderful. So we actually kind of turned amazing. back time on us. I know. I was really excited when I saw the data. And we also had several horses that were diagnosed as insulin resistant when they went on to the study, but at the end of the study, they had normal insulin response. So it, it's really exciting. I think it's a great product. Awesome. It's not going to cure the disease. Um, if you have a really, really badly insulin resistant horse, it's not going to cure him, but it will slow the progress of the disease. And if we can make these horses even a little more insulin sensitive, then it just, it just helps decrease wow. the symptoms and keeps them healthier longer. So yeah, I'm really excited about yeah. it. Fantastic. I think it's an important issue because yeah. I, I mean, I know I manage barns and, you know, I say to people or I hear the, the, the vet comes in for an annual physical and says, Oh, this horse is looking a little bit, you know, uh, I've, you know, the words crusty a or metabolic. a little overweight, you want to watch the weight and people kind of mm-hmm. go, uh-huh, uh-huh, mm-hmm. okay, you know, yeah. right? But it is a very serious no, issue. It's, you know, it, yeah. It's, well, just um, like obesity in humans and diabetes, it's, it, it's, it's a similar situation. So you definitely, you want to keep your horses at a good weight. Exercise increases insulin sensitivity. You want to keep your horse moving. And, and keep mm-hmm. them exercising because that helps horses were meant to move. They weren't meant to sit around. Right. So that also helps. So keep them moving, keep their weight down. And if you have a horse that's predisposed, watch their diet. And if you have one that has issues, then you really need to be careful. Wow. Well, Karen, thank information. you. This yeah, is great. thank yeah. you so much. I mean, this is a great, uh, I know uh, other shows are probably going to pick this up because this is really such an important topic. Um, so Karen, if, if our listeners have any questions, how do they find you? Okay. And also I need to say that insulin wise is mm. a vet only product. So you have to okay. go to your veterinarian for it. So you would talk that makes to your sense, right? It sounds like, mm. sounds yeah. like, yeah. you know, if you're having this issue, you do need to include your veterinarian. This is important. Absolutely. Include your barn owner, include your veterinarian. Um, because it is, it's, it's a, it is, we, we went through this last year and, and actually we're going to talk about this horse tomorrow for, for insulin wise, but you know, we, we went to the clinic and we talked to the vet and, and he was very pointed. This horse has to lose weight or he will be in trouble. It was very clear and that was good. And so that really changed the way we managed him. And, and I think we've, we figured it out and it's helped the horse a lot. So, um, so anyways, it, it is really something to, to talk. So how, how can our listeners find you online if they have any, any uh, questions for you? They can find information about this particular product at kppvet.com. Okay. Um, that's, that's our vet-only line of products. But a client can go on and, and learn about all of these products as well. And then there's okay. information on how they can help their vet um, find these products. You can always call us at our office at 859-873-2974 to talk about it. Um, we have a Facebook page. KPP has a Kentucky Performance Products has a Facebook page, and you could go on there and ask questions. And also, if you go to our regular website, which is kppusa.com, you can leave questions there as well. So, awesome! There's lots of ways awesome. to get a hold of us. Cool, Karen. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. I'm like I said, I'm excited about this product, and I hope that we can help a lot of horses. Cool. Us too. Thanks, Karen. Okay. Have a good day. Well, Phil, that was, that was great information. I was taking some notes because I, I also have some horses. Um, really interesting things. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, love it. So we are really excited about this segment. We are going to do, um, we hope you enjoy this. This is going to be the first segment of training level test three. 
So we hope you enjoy. We're going to you'll come back next week and we'll do the second segment of Training Level Test 3. Uh, so we hope you enjoy. And you can follow along. Grab a test book. Um, if you can, pause us. Grab a test book. And you can follow along with Training Level Test 3 as we uh, ride it together. Hey, this is Gina Moronic from Wisconsin, and I am an official Horse Radio Network auditor, something I'm really proud to do and to be a part of in a small way because it's something that I get a lot of information from. The Horse Radio Network uh, and the convenience of the downloadable podcast means that I can improve my horsemanship skills, my riding skills, um, or just really enjoy listening to friendly, informative programming whenever I'm driving to work or working on chores or at the barn even. So I hope you find it as enjoyable as I do. If you do, go to horseradionetwork.com and click on the banner to become a Horse Radio Network auditor. For as little as a dollar a month, you can be involved in this great thing, too, and keep it going. Thanks. So, Phil, I found a really cool book the other day when I was... Well, I was actually selling some books at the Half Price Bookstore, and while they were... uh, (laughs) (laughs) we're we're getting our house all organized so while I was there I found this book how to ride a winning dressage test the judge's guide to step-by-step improvement by major general Jonathan R. Burton and I general Burton is amazing and uh, I picked the book up and it's from 1985 so it's, it's a little it's a little old school but I thought you know what this is a great text and i think something we should do in the radio show can i ask you if this was a normal bookstore or like an equestrian bookstore no it's like a normal normal bookstore but of course i can't not go into a normal yeah 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 not look at horse books in there yeah who doesn't do that everyone i go in every bookstore and look at horse books of course i do like to read that is a hobby i do do enjoy bookstores um i still like a book sorry I'm not. But anyways, I, I was super excited about this book. And I thought, you know what? It is qualifying season for everybody. And we're going to go step by step. We're going to use the book. We're going to use the book, kind of. Uh, we're going to use the book as a as guide. As a helper. As All a right. helper. And Phil and I are going to take everybody through um, the, the the third test of every level. Um and we're going to kind of go through the test step by step. So if you are looking to qualify at training level test three, because that is really happening again, that's really happening now, it's time to qualify. So um, that's what we're going to do. So Phil, I will start us off. So this book is a little bit on the older side. Um, actually, it has the AHSA test book. Okay. So <laughs> that's way old but the information is great and um i i've been leafing through it kind of as we've been getting organized and it's just really really good so again you can follow along um if you are training training level test three that's what we're going on and that's the uscf training level test three but this information applies to everybody it's not like this information is is bad so phil we're going to get started with uh Movement number one, uh, this is pretty similar in every dressage test um, that you're going to do, um, that you're going to do for qualifying, but it's A, enter working trot, X, halt, salute, proceed, working trot. So um, just as a general reminder, every test 
which unfortunately they don't print them this way anymore, which is a bummer. But every test actually has a directive idea. And I can't say I ever read the directive idea until after I did my judges stuff. But I'm going to read the directive idea and then we're going to talk a little bit about it. So the directive idea is regularity and quality of the trot, willing and calm transition, straight, attentive halt, immobile for three seconds. Um, and I have found, I was actually training this today in one of my younger horses, the halt immobile, keeping the attention is hard and needs to be trained. So I was doing that myself, but it's also well, that's good. Because we covered it last week on the show and we talked about it. And then you went and you worked on your homework. Worked on my homework. So we hope everyone else did too. But you want to think that, you know, as you enter, I think for me, this is, this is something that's important. There is some unwritten rule that somebody once said, that you're supposed to enter in the direction you're turning. Don't do that. Enter the direction that is good for you and your horse. Yeah. So let's say, <laughs> Don't, who cares what direction you turn? You're going to halt anyways. So really remember that the entrance, you want to enter off the horse's best side, the good side. So depending on when, what is stiff and what is hollow, you want to enter off the good side. And you also want to remember, this is your first time, this is the first view that the judge is getting of you. So you want to make it the best entrance that you can possibly make. Um, in the training level, you can walk into the halt. And I actually encourage people to do that. Yeah, I, I think you can, but you, I think you must because it gives you a better chance. I don't it think you're going to get a hugely better score if you're, if you're not walking into it. It's not worth the risk. Yeah, exactly. Say. You can, so walk in. Um, you also want to make sure, you know, obviously you're looking, you want to look at the judge. Don't look away. The judge is on the center line. Look at the judge, smile and tell him you're there to win and there, or at least be good. Um, and that your horse, you know, is good at what you do and center lines really are something that you need to do well. That makes sense. Uh, the other thing you want to do is you want to, as you go for your trot transition, you want to think three, two, one, go, don't mess around. You want to trot and you want to trot straight. Um, and you want to make sure that the horse is in front of your leg um, and then you set up for a good quality turn uh, when you go see, in this case, track left. You want to make sure that the horse stays straight on the center line. And as you turn, that the horse doesn't pop their shoulder, uh, in this case, to the right. You want to keep them straight. And, and uh, for this test, too, when you're coming off of the center line, you want to do a curve like a corner that is, you know, of the smallest circle within your test. So I see the, a big mistake of everybody riding, trying to get as close to sea as possible, and then they make a very unbalanced turn. The horse isn't prepared, and they kind of shoot off to the side. You know, the horse gets very worried about riding right straight up to the judge, and, and some of them are quite nervous about that. So do the turn a little bit early. You want to make probably, <clears throat> at this level, a 15, maybe not 15, but bigger than 10, 12-meter turn. Yeah, because 15 might be a little bit large to get into the corner, but yeah, um, a little big is better than way too small, mm -hmm. which which you see a lot, and it, it makes the horse very unbalanced, and it makes the horse slow right, right down, right at the at the nervous spot, you know, right by the judge, and then you've mm -hmm. got no momentum to carry you into the first movement. So, um, 
That's something yeah. to think about, right? It's you yeah. don't have to ride straight, 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 and then turn real fast. You can just really yeah. plan your bend, plan your turn, and then you're off um, going to the to the left here and uh, and carrying on to the next thing. So that's my yeah, that's my special tip. I love it. And so um, movement two is C track left, H X K one loop. So you're looking for the regularity and quality of the trot the bend and balance in the turn, the shape and size of the loop, the changes of bend and the balance. So I think that changes of bend, Phil, in this one loop is the most important thing you're going to do. So you need to, you know, as Phil said, um, it is a round turn. You make your turn. You don't have to make it square there because you're coming off on a loop. <laughs> Excuse me. And then as you reach the first quarter line, that's your first time that you're going to change the bend. So in this case, you're going to the left, then you're going to change your bend to the right. You're going to head toward X. You're going to go back toward uh, the following corner, but you're going to hit the quarter line and you have to change your bend again. Um, so that's important because you're changing your bend a couple times through that loop. Um, so I think that's where people go wrong with that particular movement. Yeah. And, and the other big thing I see is um, riders changing the bend of the neck and the head. Mm-hmm but not mm-hmm. the body. So That's as you're approaching that first, you know, you've got your nice left bend because you got your left leg on, then you're coming across, uh, you know, the, the diagonal, and you're going to change your bend to the right. Do it from your leg first, and then your hand can direct the horse's nose to towards the right. Don't only use your hand, and uh, don't use your hand and then think about your leg afterwards. And the same thing, you're coming, you know, back from X, Towards the left, you're going to apply your new inside leg, and then you're going to direct the horse in a balanced way, not in a fast way, but to be um, bending in the new direction. And we're not talking about a ton of bend. You don't need the horse's head way off to one side and then way off to the other side. You know, uh, more or less in between the horse's shoulders is is where you're bending him, not beyond the shoulders. When you when you bend the horse beyond the shoulder blades, then the balance gets affected, and you and you're going to get problems. So, you know, really think about the horse's spine changing the bend most of all and and not just focus on what you can see and what you can manipulate with your hands. Mm-hmm. No, I like it. I like it. Very good. So the next movement is between A and F, working canter, left lead. And the directive says you want a willing, calm transition, regularity and quality of gates, bend in the corner and straightness. So remember, uh, you know, we're in training level here. Um, we want to see a nice flow from trot to canter. You have time in this transition. You have, you know, um, 10 meters in a bit to make this happen. So remember, you have time. You don't have to do it right when you reach the marker. Um, and we would like to see the horse be active into the transition, but we don't want it to go crazy in the transition. So I think that that's important um, to do, you want to give it a clear aid um, for this transition. I always like to have my riders think about suppling their inside hand so that the horse doesn't toss their head in the air because that's bad. Yeah, and, for sure. You yeah, want to really, you know, it's a corner, so you get to bend the horse, right? You get to <laughs> apply more inside leg than outside leg. You get to mm-hmm. apply a little more inside rein than outside rein, and then that will help the horse balance and pick up the correct lead. Right. But if you leave them straight and unbalanced yeah. and and don't use your your tools your aids, then you're you're just going to chase the horse 
into whatever lead he's going to get. You know, it's it's a question mark, and uh, you'll probably get a little bit of running canter. If you can exactly. take, you know, push that horse from your inside leg and hold a little bit with your outside rein while suppling with your inside rein, you're going to get a better transition. Mm-hmm. And this takes practice. It takes practice yes. for everyone, you know. So do it at the place that it occurs, but also practice some canter transitions in the in the first corner, you know, and in different places, but really learning to use the bend of the corners to make this happen in the correct way. Absolutely. So then we go to B, circle left, 20 meters. Regularity and quality of canter, shape and size of the circle. That's incredibly important. It is 20 meters. And uh, so many people lose points on geometry. If your circle isn't round, you're not going to get above a six, which is important, right? Because um, you don't want to lose points there. That is just plain old, you didn't ride the geometry correctly. So that's important to think about. Um, You also want to make sure that your bend is good um, and that the horse is properly balanced, maintains impulsion, doesn't get to kind of a four-beat awkward canter. These are all really important things that you want to look at in that circle. Yeah, in training level, you know, I you, you want I would prefer to see uh, a horse going a little bit too much forward than a little bit too mm-hmm. slow. Yeah. And then the second thing that we see a lot in in this early test is the rider thinking that they have to you know really really working hard to bend the horse, but then over bending the horse losing the shoulder and making the circle uh, too much of an oval because it's, uh, you know, the arena will keep you in on the two sides, but in the middle where, where you're riding the circle, the horse will just, if you've got too much inside rein and no support stability on the outside rein, it's just going to, you know, slide sideways. The horse, I, I find most horses a lot easier to bend in the canter than mm-hmm. in the trot. So then the riders are all like, oh, I can really, you know, get this bend going and then you see the horse's nose come like i said in the in the loop beyond the shoulder and then the outside shoulder just going the other way and and just and then then the horse is a little bit motorcycle turning around this circle so um as a rule of thumb i prefer to see the horse like i said a little bit more forward and a little bit straighter than what you think it needs to be Agreed. So then you're going to sort of, you're going to actually go down the long side. You're going to ride into your two corners on the short side because you go across the diagonal HXF and you ride a transition working trot at X. So the directive says regularity and quality of gates, willing, calm transition, straightness, and bend in the corner. So again, you're coming through the corner. You have to be straight. You have to ride a balanced transition to trot. A lot of horses like to run and fall on their forehand here. That's not great. Um, And again, this is really a balance thing because if you come through those two turns kind of careening quickly, uh, you're going to be in trouble. (laughs) You have to go straight. What do you think, Bill? Um, This is the one I think I feel like riders over-practice and then Mm -hmm. the horse knows that the, knows that the, Mm -hmm. I mean, two things happen, right? Either somebody's over-practiced this, so the horse ends up trotting in the corner or way too early, not at X. Or a rider hasn't practiced this very much at all, and the horse, they give the signal to trot at X, and mm-hmm. somewhere after X, even into the next corner, the horse trots because basically they have to, right? They get thrown off of balance a little bit. So you got to kind of know your horse a little bit. If you have mm-hmm. a horse that anticipates a little bit, 
then I'm going to do the, you know, in my practicing, I'm going to do the transition just a little after X so that, yeah. you know, I'm just making a plan for my own horse. And But if I have a horse that, you know, is really love, loves canter a lot and will keep going, then I have to come through the, the two corners, straighten the horse across the diagonal and give it signals that, okay, get ready. I want to trot, right? So like half halts, right? Just mm. soft half halts that will say, okay, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then now. Right. Mm-hmm. And in the other case, I, I have to, you know, get on the horse a little bit and be a little bit like, keep going, keep going, keep going. And then and then I say, now I'm ready. Right. So mm-hmm. it's it's very, you know, individual to to what the horse's tendency is. And, and that yeah. just takes practice, but practicing in the right way. So right. so that you've got a plan for this movement. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, Phil, for our Total Saddle Fit tip of the week, Karen Isberg is coming back on and she's going to talk to you a little bit about how we work uh, the supplements with her horses here at the farm. Uh, I found it really helpful and I wanted to share it with everybody. But before that... uh, Justin is the best from Total Saddle Fit. Um, he sent me some new wool liners. Um, I had a horse uh, been having some trouble with with um, a girth rub, mainly because he's sweating a lot. And um, Justin sent me these awesome wool liners, and they are great. I was, uh, you know, I was excited to try. I like the new European a lot, but um, these wool liners right now, when the horses are sweating so much, super helpful. So, um, that's one of the best thing about the stretch tech, um, yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah, it, uh, it Velcro's on, right? right. Just like the neoprene or the, or the leather. Now you have three options to be able mm-hmm. to line your girth. Um, that sounds yeah. pretty awesome. I might have to, might have to get on the website <laughs> and order one there. Yeah, you know, exactly. Try it out. Yeah. So I think it's a really good way. Uh, just another, again, it's nice cause they're, it's versatile, um, and sometimes that's what you need to do is just make a little change. So thank you, Justin. And if you have any questions um, about Saddle Fit or the Total Saddle Fit Gerse, they're amazing. Just go to care at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, we are so happy to have Karen Isberg on for our Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week. We kept her on the show because we've got a great tip. Karen, thanks for staying on. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, well, so, um, so a lot of people know I actually have both your horses here at Maplecrest Farm. We have Leo and Dodger, and um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about is you make doing supplements so easy for us as barn owners and 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 my manager here at Maplecrest. So I wanted to talk about how you do it because uh, this is a big issue for a lot of people. So I wanted that to be our our tip of the week. So tell us a little bit how you do it. Yeah. And it's really tough. I mean, you know, especially Mm -hmm. if your horses are on multiple supplements or if, or if they have uh, a medical problem where, you know, they have to get medication and you, you want to make sure they get it. So what Mm -hmm. I do for you guys, and I've done this wherever I've kept my horses because I'm boarding my horses is I keep the supplements at my house and then I put them in packets. Um, For, for Leo, you know, I put them in an AM and a PM packet and it's just, it's a plastic bag with a Ziploc top or, and I've also used those little rubber made 
um, containers. They're, they're the, the small ones, the glad containers with the lids. And I set up a week's worth of supplements at a time. And then I bring it and I put it in a bucket for you guys with a, with an easy access lid and you can just open it up and you can pull out the supplement you want. Um, the supplement packet for that particular day, there's one for the AM and one for the PM and it's clearly labeled. And then you can just dump that on the grain and off it goes. Um, you can pretty much mix supplements ahead of time as long as they are a meal, a pellet, um, or a powder. The best mm-hmm. thing to do is always check the container. Um, your manufacturer should tell you how it can be stored. And typically, if it can only be fed, if it should only be fed at time of feeding, then they will put that on there. They will say, mm-hmm. you know, only give at time of feeding. And, and a, a supplement like that, you cannot add ahead of time. So you would have to, but then that's just one less supplement. So maybe if your horse is getting four supplements, you can provide the bag and then you can leave the one that you have to top dress right away with your manager. And that's not so much of a problem. Mm -hmm. The other thing I do is um, my horses get a, um, use our contribute, which is our fish oil, our omega-3 product. And instead of having you guys mess with that messy container and pump the pump, I pull it up in syringes. Mm-hmm. And I put it in the bag with the supplements. Mm-hmm. So that it's it's right there. Great. Yep. So we put it on when we can feed. Just grab it. Yep. Put it in. And with that, with the syringe too, the way it comes out, kind of in a in a smaller amount, you can drizzle it kind of back and forth across mm-hmm. the feed. And you don't have that big blob that you get from mm-hmm. the pump. And the it's horses tend to wonderful. eat it better that way. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. and you can get so the syringes with the caps on them, right? So you can cap them, they don't leak and it's I don't even have to cap these. Um, So for one of the horses, I just put it in with his feed. And if it leaks out a little, it doesn't matter. It's already in his feed. And the other one, I just put them in in a bucket and I face them up and they don't leak. Okay. There you go. Because we we make all our feed um, during the day. My manager will make it. And um, they're in, we use like plastic shoebox containers and everybody has their names on it. And so when she goes through and makes his feet, she just grabs a syringe. So it's just resting in his container. So super easy when you come through uh, to feed. Um, so it just it streamlines the whole process. And I think um, I have heard that a lot of feedback from people when they're at boarding barns. You know, I just don't know. My horse is getting a supplement or, you know, this makes yeah, it. Yeah, on, on both sides, it's a problem. Yeah. On, the, on yeah. the boarding barn side, it's like, okay, they've got, let's say they have 20 borders yeah. and they all are on different supplements and then they, mm-hmm. you know the supplements come with different scoops and this one's a half mm-hmm. scoop i mean this is a really this is a pet peeve of mine you know yeah. and instead of taking <laughs> 20 minutes to do feed you're taking 40 minutes to do feed because you've got to every yeah. day figure it's it forever. out and then somebody yeah. different comes in and they, they got to learn the whole system and it's just a pain in the butt Yep. And then, and then on the borders end, it's like, oh, I'm not sure my horse is getting the right, you know, this exactly. supplement should have lasted 20 days and it, it only lasted 10 days. Is it getting too much? Mm-hmm. And, you know, where is it going and what's happening? Well, I think you solve a lot of issues by just sitting down and doing a week's worth like you do, Karen, or, yeah. or trying to make an effort to make it easier. Um, you know, because at some boarding places, they're like, oh, you want to feed supplements? It's an extra dollar a day two dollars a day sure. whatever it is right mm-hmm. because it is a pain in the ass and you well mm-hmm. save some money do it save yeah. save your your manager's hassle and and yeah and then the, you know you want to eliminate cu- these problems yeah exactly and a couple other things that it saves where it saves you money is like i keep my supplements in my house so they're in a they're in a you know a controlled environment 
I, I make sure that they're sealed up and the lid is put on right every time. I keep the right scoops with them. I measure them out. So I know exactly what they're getting. And I know, you know, and they're, you're not, I don't have to worry about it, you know, sitting open in a hot tack room. And if I do it a week at a time, like I do, you know, that uh, as long as it's not sitting out in the sun, in the hot sun, most of the supplements have a shelf life where they can, that that's fine. It doesn't bother them at all. It doesn't hurt them. But, yeah. you know, do, if you have any question about a supplement, double check with your supplement manufacturer. Mm-hmm. All of ours that are powders, um, meals, or pellets can be mixed ahead of time. They're all very stable and they can be mixed together. And it's not a problem. So, yeah. And you can that's, even put them and mix them in with the feed a day or two ahead of time as long as it's sealed. Yeah, it's brilliant. And it's been very helpful for us. Um, and, you know, Karen also sends it to us when we travel. So when we were in Florida, Karen would send us a package and it was already done. So I, I it's been really, really helpful on our end. Um, and then we, everybody knows he's getting the right thing. So I appreciate yep. it. It, it helps Karen's peace of mind. And um, we, we wanted to share it because there is a company or a couple companies that do it for you, um, which is great too. Those are awesome. Um, but this is a way... Uh, that you can do it if if you don't use one of those companies. So we right, really or if that company it. doesn't have your supplement or something like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah, I, yeah, I really like the syringe idea for those. Uh, yeah, um, you know, oh. those Omega products. You know, that it's great. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Take a picture. I, yeah, I'll take good. a picture. Yeah, that was great. That's awesome. I I love those, mm-hmm. and it and and you know, I, it just is. It's so much easier for everybody to handle, it. and the horses just eat it better. Yeah, you know that's all over. You know the pump, that glop that's in there. You know, nobody mixes it up. You know, they don't have really have time to mix it up for every horse. And this is, I don't know, it just really worked. And I used that. I did that because I was having trouble with one horse who wasn't eating it as well as I wanted him to. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, spread this out a little bit more on his feet and just shake it up. And man, that did it. Yeah. 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 It was perfect. Well, Karen, thank you so much for sharing with us. I, I thought it was, it's been such a, it's such an easy thing for us at the barn and, and I appreciate it and, and it works well for us. So I wanted to share. So Karen, thank you so much for coming on for our tip of the week. Um, and as always, if our listeners want to talk with you about supplements, how can they get a hold of you? Well, they can reach me at our, at the office and our hours are um, Eastern Standard Time, eight o'clock in the morning till five in the afternoon. And that number is eight five nine. 873-2974. They can go on our Facebook page and ask questions there. And they can get on our website, kppusa.com. We've got tons of articles and there's a place where you can submit your questions. So there's multiple opportunities to get a hold of us. So, okay. And we're happy to talk to anybody that has questions. You're the best. Karen, thanks so much. And we can't wait till next month. All right. Thank you guys. It's always fun talking to you. You have a good day. Well, Phil, as always, we love email and Facebook shout outs. Honestly, it makes my day and Phil's as well. So I'm going to shout out to Muriel Forrest. She is so sweet. She has wheatlandfarm.org and she was so nice. She sent me a really, really nice uh, message and uh, that was really sweet. So um, she actually runs a para dressage center of excellence, which is really cool. And um, they're hosting an invitational event for us para team athletes um, in July. So if you want to get more information, go to www.wheatlandfarm.org and Muriel. And if you have any questions, 
um, just you can always also send me an email at Reese at uh, horseradionetwork.com and I can give you her information. So as always, you can find our show notes and links to today get today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is on Facebook, or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you soon.